0: Hey guys, it's Sean Mills with Hack My Homestead. Today is Monday, June 26th, 2023, and today I'm going to do a little bit of a podcast about rainwater filtering and why you should not get hung up on it. So, rainwater generally is pure. Now, it is possible for rainwater to pick up some contaminants in the air and then deliver them down into your rainwater catchment system. Um, So you can't say that there's absolutely nothing in the rainwater. What you can say is that typically whatever it picks up is going to be less harmful than anything that might already be in your water from either your well or from your municipal source. The big concern with collecting rainwater is more picking up what's on your roof and in your gutters on the way to your collection system now a lot of people talk about putting in these special automatic rainwater uh, first flush diversion systems and the reality is is that most of those systems are the primary failure point for a given um, rainwater collection system and most installers that do this professionally will recommend to people that they do not put one of those in, that they use a different type of strategy to keep stuff out of their, um, you know, out of the home side of the system. If you are doing rainwater catchment for irrigation purposes, then a simple sediment filter is plenty to keep Uh, the little uh, floaty bits out of your uh, irrigation system and anything that's dissolved in that rainwater is probably something that's going to be good for your plants anyways. So you don't necessarily want to get rid of that. The majority of what actually gets into your rainwater collection system that would be a potential problem is actually things like little twigs and seed pods and leaves that actually they will get into the water and provide a place for anaerobic bacteria to potentially um, infect the system so (coughs) excuse me if you just uh, focus on screening that water before it gets to your actual um, collection tank that's going to take care of about 95% of any problems that you might have and a sediment filter is going to take care of almost everything else If you are concerned with bacteria in the system, you can put a UV light in line after the sediment filter. So basically your water would go through your um, sediment filter, into your pump, into your pressure tank, and then come out of your pressure tank and through a UV light in line um, before it went out into the house and maybe through an additional smaller sediment filter. I've seen uh, systems like that before. Uh, I can tell you that our family has lived off of captured rainwater for our primary uh, in-home water supply and that's for you know washing, it's for bathing, it's for washing dishes, it's for drinking and cooking for the majority of the past 12 years. Uh, So we haven't been on rainwater that entire time but for about Six and a half of the last 12 years, that has been our primary uh, source of water in the house. Um, We typically run cooking and drinking water that was uh, originally rainwater through a Berkey, uh, and everything else typically just runs through sediment filters. Now, the CDC would not approve of our methodology, and the World Health Organization would not approve of our methodology. But in our family of four, we have never had a water-based illness. And so, you know, we say the proof is in the pudding. Um, we do a good job of trying to filter out problems before they get to the tank. And then after the tank, you know, first of all, we, we you know, we draw the water out from the middle of the water column so that the floaties stay on top and the sinkies sink to the bottom. And... Then we do our filtration from that point forward and we just have not had a problem. So um, in certain areas of the world where it might be easier for E. coli, for example, to get drawn up into dust and that dust get drawn up into clouds and then that E. coli then delivered through rainwater into a system that already has a bunch of other problems that causes the E. coli to proliferate well, maybe that's something that might possibly could happen. You know, the problem with E. coli testing is that there have been studies that have shown that the simple fact that you're testing exposes uh, the water to E. coli because it's in a lot of places. And so, you know, are you testing for the levels that would actually cause you problems? Are you testing for anything? And so, you know, there's a little bit of you know, well, look, if I'm, if I test it hard enough, I'm going to find something, right? So what's the better test experience or some laboratory where you can't control, uh, potential cross-contamination issues. So, um, I'm not telling anyone how they need to treat their own water. I'm just telling you what we've done. And so this coming month in July, Um, I will actually be going into our primary settling tank, which is a 1,550-gallon cistern, and cleaning that out and disinfecting everything. And so here's what that process is going to look like. I'm going to go into the tank, and I'm going to pump water out of the tank and into IBCs. And that water will will pass through a screen filter as it's coming out of the main tank and going into the IBCs. Um, We probably have about 900 gallons in the big cistern right now, and then one of the IBCs probably has another couple hundred gallons. Uh, So the one that's got a couple hundred gallons in it, we're going to leave that alone. That way, if there is a problem somewhere else in our process, we still have at least 200 gallons of drawdown before we even think about going to the well. We've got, uh, like I said, about 900 gallons, so I'll have three IBCs set up. And they will not be connected to each other. They will all be individual. I will pump the water out of the main storage tank and into those IBCs. Once the main tank is um, clear, or you know, mostly clear, then I will scrub the inside of it down. I will vacuum a wet dry vac uh, everything out of the bottom of it. So any sediment that has collected over the years. Um, any of the floaties that will obviously have dropped down to the bottom when the water gets pumped out, as well as any residual water and there is going to be a little bit of water in there because i've I've got to um, you know, I've got to clean it, right? So I'm going to clean it and then I'm going to vacuum all of that out and I'm going to spray it down with a disinfectant um, and then I'm going to let that sit overnight so everything will kind of all the um, you know, bleach fumes and whatnot will, kind of um dissipate overnight then i will take one of the ibcs so this will be like the sacrificial ibc and i'm going to treat that with uh the proper amount of regular household clorox bleach um and that will be a put it this way it's going to be a higher concentration of bleach in terms of parts per million than the rest of the system uh so i will treat that one ibc And then I will pump from that IBC through the rest of the system in the house. And what that means is that I will pump, I'll get the pump on and running. I'll get all the tanks ready to go. Um, And as the pump is running, I will go through and open every single faucet that we have in the house. Uh, But I'm going to not let that... Uh, water drain into our septic tank. I do not want to kill all the the beneficial bacteria in the septic tank by blowing a bunch of um, high concentrate um, bleach water in there. And when I say hey, high concentrate, I'm talk- talking about like 50 parts per million, right? We're not talking about something crazy, but we're talking about enough to where you will be able to smell the chlorine in the water. And that's exactly what I want. So what I'll do is as I'm pumping through the system, I will open up a, t- a faucet And I'll let it run until I smell bleach. And then I'll close that one and I'll go to the next faucet. And so on and so forth. I'll go throughout the entire system until I smell bleach. And what that lets me know is that my disinfecting solution has now filled all of those pipes up to the faucet. Uh, That water will be diverted into our gray water system. Uh, And, you know, it will be a bit of a shock to to the gray water system, but it will be... Uh, being added to a diluted, um, or it will be diluted when it's added to the existing water in the system. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, guys, I'm still dealing with the tail ends of this little um, up, up, up respiratory infection that I had. So, uh, trying to get content out, but the more I talk, uh, the more I'll probably start to try to cough. Um, so, we're going to pump the water through, make sure that all of the plumbing in the house. Uh, has that disinfecting solution in it, and whatever is left uh, in in the system in terms of of you know the disinfecting solution, higher concentration bleach water um, will probably be what I end up using to clean the inside of the settling tank with and so I will lose about three hundred gallons overall from the system uh, from the storage. The other thing that will need to be done. Uh, as part of this process is I'll open up the bottoms of all of our uh, water uh, gutter systems and I will clean out all of the gutters themselves and then I will run some of that bleach solution through the gutters and through all of the uh, pipes and so essentially what will happen is that I'll end up with um, the entire system being exposed to this 50 part per million Um, bleach solution everything that that our water would touch from the from the gutter all the way down through the pipes into the settling tank from the settling tank uh, into the um, main pump and the air bladder tanks and all of the piping in the house will all get this and it will sit overnight so the system will sit with the bleach water in it overnight Uh, and then the next morning so what I haven't decided yet is: Am I going to use the next morning, take that water out and run it through the gutters, or am I going to have enough to do it all? Uh, you know, with the water from the one IBC, I don't know that yet. I don't know the answer to that yet. Um, but I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to create more bleach water. Um, you know, if the 275 gallons in the in the first one isn't enough to um, do everything because I can pressurize the system, leave that water in overnight and then use the water that's in the system that was there overnight uh, to do the gutters and the downspouts and all that. Um, So once all that is done, uh, everything is clean, everything is disinfected, everything is nice in the settling tank. Then I will pump the water from the other two IBCs back into the settling tank. I'll top off my main IBC Um, And if I have any extra uh, of the bleach water solution, that's again, a little bit of a higher concentration. Actually, you know what I'll probably do? I will probably, I will create that higher concentration of water. And then I might leave the one of the two other IBCs with no bleach in it at all. all. Uh, And then I'll just do the math. Uh, When I go back to the main tank, I can add the non bleached water and that will, that will reduce the um, solution, right? And, and it will off gas, that chlorine will off gas on its own. But what we'll, what we will end up with at the end of the day is kind of like the lowest, uh, quote unquote safe dilution of bleach in our or Clorox or chlorine or whatever in our, um, settling tank. And then it will be ready to receive any additional rainwater that we get. And so I mentioned that I'm going to lose about 300 gallons of water as I'm going through this process. So one of the things I'll have to remember, or one of the things you'll have to remember if you're going to do something similar, is you want to plan this type of clean-out for a time of year that you're going to get regular enough rain to replenish the system to to make up for those losses. but, yeah, so once that's done, um, we will have our our entire, you know, water system um, germ-free, which I believe it is now, but, uh, you know, we're, we're moving back there full time. So it makes sense to go ahead and just put our belt and our suspenders on, disinfect the entire system. Um, that also gives me the opportunity to document that so that other people can see how we do this. Uh, so that they can kind of get away from the scary, you know, what if I don't have a first flush diversion system and, and, and you know, how do I manage that? So well, I'll go ahead and I think wrap up there for, oh, I did want to mention one other thing about the first flush diversion system. If it has been a long time since we have had um, rain, so I know that there's a bunch of buildup on the roof. Then typically what I'll do is I'll just open up the bottom of, you know, so the way our gutters are set up is they go into a three inch PVC pipe. That PVC pipe connects with the other PVCs and then on each side of the house at the lowest point of the system, I have a screw in plug. So if I take that plug out, then all the water just drains out the bottom of the system. Nothing ever makes it over to the settling tank. And then when I put that plug back in, well, then the water backs up to the height that it goes over and goes into the settling tank. And so that's how I manage our first flesh system is when it, when I feel like it's been a while since we've had rain and there's a potential that we've got some, you know, horse or not horse. That was weird. Um, some uh, bird poop buildup. Up, <laughs> if I had a horse poop buildup uh, up on the roof, that'd be a really big problem. But, uh, you know, if, we, if I feel like we've got a buildup of... A bird poop on the roof, and then I'll just open those systems up, and let them all drain out, let that first big uh, flush of water uh, kind of clean the surfaces, and then I'll just close that up and let it all go into the settling tank. It's not a big deal. When we lived in Indiana, we never did that. One hundred percent of the rainwater went into the into the cistern, and uh, we never had any problems. But you know, I have the option to do that, and I did build a system so that I could do that going forward. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how the cleaning system is going to work out. And, you know, that's kind of what our experience has been. And it hasn't been, oh my gosh, I drank a little bit of water that came off of my roof without dousing it in bleach. And now I died from dysentery. So, uh, no Oregon trail fatalities in our household. Uh, well, with that being said, guys, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I hope this nasally coffee thing goes away soon. Uh, I've got a lot of content that I want to record. i am just, I want to do it so that I can, you know, not be coughing my head off while I'm talking to you guys and, and, and have the, um, audio quality be at least halfway decent. I'm not super concerned about audio quality. You guys know that, but, um, you know, if I'm stopping to cough every two minutes, it's just not good and, and it's not listenable at that point. Uh, but anyways, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. If you guys have things you want me to cover, Uh, Comments about the show, send them to me at Sean, S H A W N, at HackMyHomestead.com. The Kickstarter is still going. We just breached $9,000 this morning. Um, I do have a new stretch goal that I will be announcing here within the next couple of days. Uh, It's a partnership with Paul Wheaton over at Permes.com. And so I'm really excited about getting that out. So keep an eye on the Kickstarter. Thank all of you guys that have uh, backed me over there. You know, I was a little concerned about hitting our $3,500 goal and here we are on our way to 10,000. So, um, I'm excited to get that, that information, uh, up on the screen and, and out to everyone. And we're going to just keep on adding more value as we go through here. You know, I'd love to get to the point where by the time we get to, to mid July and this thing is wrapping up, I'm delivering, you know, hundred, multiple hundreds of dollars worth of value Um, you know, over the pledged amount. So thank you guys again. Share that with all your friends that might be interested. Um, You know, I want to get more backers. I'd love to have this thing go out to about 500 people when it's done. And we're at about 150 right now. So um, again, thank you all for listening and we'll talk to you next time.